Hello and welcome to the Analytics FC podcast. I'm John McKenzie, Head of Content, and this month I spoke to Justinus Gassiunas, the first team goalkeeping coach at Hajduk Split. After ending his career as a goalkeeper, Justinus has coached with a number of clubs, including Brighton and Hove Albion, and Brentford. In our chat, we talked about the development of goalkeeping analysis, his processes for analysing opponents ahead of games, and the future of analysis in goalkeeping. Here's what Justinus had to say. Justinus, hello and thank you for coming on today. Hi, nice to be on your podcast. I always begin these interviews with a biographical question to help the listeners contextualise your career. So could you just give us a brief overview of how you ended up as the goalkeeping coach at Hajduk Split? Ah, oh, sure. It's a long story where to begin. started as a young kid playing football for a local team in my town, then eventually moved on to play for a, a team in university that was also competing in my country's top division at that time. So I was privileged to play a few games in top division, but about 24, I probably sensed that I don't have all the way to go and made a good professional career out of it. So I decided to go into coaching while playing. I was fortunate enough for six years, I studied in Sports University of Lithuania and finished my bachelor's and master's degrees in sports over there. And I was 24 and I was pretty sure that I won't go into coaching. And uh, so I decided to quit football and uh, move to England originally just for a year for work experience. And then, yes, I uh, ended up staying for 12 years until now when I moved to Hajduk. So my first job was uh, at Brentford Football Club when I started as a goalkeeping coach for like uh, foundation phase goalkeepers, but eventually moved on to being head of academy goalkeeping working on day-to-day basis with uh, beating goalkeepers and overseeing the program for like under-18s and all the way to under-9s. After spending nearly four years in Brentford, to get the opportunity to join Brighton Football Club. I was really progressive at the time and doing a lot of uh, good things. So I joined them. I won't be exactly able to tell you what year it was, but I've been eight years now in Brighton. Before uh, November 2021, I got offered to join Hajduk Split. In terms of your career in general, it's obviously spans a good long time. So I'm just interested for an overview of what your experience has been of the development of analytics in the course of your career as a goalkeeper up through the present day and obviously working as a goalkeeping coach as well. Presumably the field is unrecognisable now from when you started out. When I just started my coaching career, you probably get as basic stats as you can. Like The only stats you can count as a goalkeeper will be goals conceded on clean sheet record. We know now that's irrelevant really to goalkeepers' performance. So then as they moved on, you started to get a bit more like the possession stuff starting to come out and people can see goalkeepers' pass succession rate or, for example, shot percentage. But again, as a coach, I always question it. Okay, what is the shot percentage? That doesn't really show what type of shot is facing. Or, okay, you have passing percentage, but doesn't really show where the pass is going, what type of opposition is facing, what is the team tactics. But if you look at it now, I think it's moved on fantastically. Like for now, you have things like packing to calculate goalkeepers or even doubtful players, players taken out of the game. You have things that are still evolving, but it's a good start, like expected save or expected goal conversions or different components count, like expected goal per save ratios. You have a lot of individual stats nowadays where every player is analyzed from the left and right and I even read another day in the FIFA website about them creating a new data analyst team, which is consists of 25 players that analyze 
not just actions on the ball, but also actions off the ball, which is fascinating. So I think there's been massive change and, and that's still much more to come. But I think goalkeepers is, is just starting because it's still been a little bit overlooked position maybe in how we see the stats in goalkeeping. But we can go about that later. <laughs> well, it brings me on to the next question really, which is obviously a lot of this sort of development of analytics in the position in particular is very theoretical. But I guess practically, do you think that the availability of data and analytic practices would have benefited you? Were they available earlier in, in your career? I suppose that's the, the million dollar question. Like how do you think the data availability would actually have impacted you practically in, at the beginning of your career? I know maybe if, if I had that as a young goalkeeper playing, maybe I'm not quit that early because maybe I could find something that proved my game for example if i focus more of my distribution where i'm passing to i can see maybe the more numbers and stuff or even the coaching career when i started we all started to coach the way we've been coached and that was kind of cliche of i've been coached like this and now i need to coach that and only spending five six years when the stats are growing you're starting to see the trends of the game where the football is going and statistics can help you a lot with that and that influences a lot of your coaching philosophy a lot of you know how you understand goalkeeping so on obviously the focus of the podcast is going to be analyzing goalkeeping in particular you've mentioned there that goalkeeping was a slow position to develop analytic processes so could you give us a bit of an overview of of where you think goalkeeping analysis is at the present moment and and maybe focus in particular on the development which i think has happened over the last two or three years in particular where i've started seeing a lot more goalkeeping analysis available on social media and twitter and uh, linkedin places like that could you could you talk us a little bit about that that boom in goalkeeping analysis yeah i agree i think probably if you take three four five years ago the only stat you see is like a safe percentage or passing percentage or passing completion but we all know that now like those things don't really show us the exact things that's happening actually in the game because goalkeepers game is much more complicated than outfields will be because most of goalkeepers decisions are made responding to what's happening in front of him rather than making your individual decisions what you want to do so i think it's still in the starting phase and a lot of comparing to for example how they analyzed outfield stuff goalkeeping is still in a, in a very starting phase but we see more and more products coming out like expected saves now which is quite popular but also we have a lot much more like goalkeepers uh, in possession actions so not only we can see the percentage of accurate passes but we can actually see is it taking passes left or right is it throwing with hands we can see transition actions how many transitions you create uh, i mentioned packing already a little bit but i think that's one of the most valued stats that i use in my goalkeepers when i'm evaluating in possession stuff so it's basically an average player taking out per pass the problem with, with the goalkeeping is, is still a lot of goalkeeping coaches and people in goalkeeping field will challenge status saying that goalkeeping is reactive and it's too many random things happening in the game to be able to classify that in, in like a statistical measure kind of. Uh, because, for example, even if you take a simple one, let's say if goalkeeper makes about an average of, I say, well, like 25 to 30 passes per game. Okay, then he, he gets, what, three, four shots on target and he... He probably gets about 15 to 20 crosses in a game. And from those 15 to 20, depends on the league you play and the, the team you play, they'll probably, I always say, if the goalkeeper take on average more than one cross or one interception per game, that's that's quite a good stat. So, so on all, it's about 30 to 40 actions per game the goalkeeper do. If you look just 
a simple number, but for example, you take one action as a one-to-one situation. Before, I've done a little research myself on goalkeepers playing one-to-one situations, and only in this situation you can, from my perspective, I can see goalkeeper can make 11 different actions in one situation. So that's a smother or block, or he, he delayed the game, he forced the error, or um, clearance with the head or feet. So just in one. So if you think there's 40 total actions, and then one action can be divided in 11, 12, 15 different uh, technical sets. So it is very hard to define how you measure them, this kind of statistics, or how you measure the successful one-on-one situation. So I think that's where sometimes the goalkeeper still don't get much buying into him because they think it's still too hard to define this kind of thing. A lot of goalkeeping coaches also say that the goalkeeping action is reactive, and that's why sometimes you don't measure that with the stats. But I would challenge that. I think more and more becoming goalkeepers that are proactive, and I think with, with statistic help and with analysis, we can maybe be more able to predict the outcomes of the, the game. So how do you use data in your day-to-day operations at Hydroxplit? In my day-to-day work, we use statistics. I would probably go to the short-term stats that I do, which is them preparing for a game-to-game. So weekly, I would look at the opposition and what kind of trends they have in their attacks. And then also, I will use statistics to maybe evaluate goalkeepers' performance for personal point of view, so our individual goalkeeper's performance. But that's used more for long-term, so I would very rarely use a goalkeeping stat just on one match. I would focus on uh, on long-term, so think and see if there's any trends, for example, in six games or 12 games, and I can see some kind of trends happening that I can use for goalkeeper to discuss with him. And then also use them for our recruitment purposes. So if you want to see some goalkeeper, we have profile that we want. And then we use the stats based on that to see what kind of a goalkeeper we can look at. That helps us to shorten, for example, the area we're looking at because there's so many goalkeepers available. But if you have a profile and you have a, a measures that you want to see in goalkeeper, then you can maybe make it a shorter number of goalkeepers that you want to view with the video analysis. And then also, sometimes you look at that as, a, for example, with the young goalkeepers, you, you use data to see kind of modern trends in the game and see where is the game going and is there anything we can uh, adjust in our play to make goalkeeper development or changes. For for example, like we know that the recent stat, I think it was like 30% of shots in Premier League are goals are scored from one one situation. So goalkeeper's actions like in one we once and, and game reading is becoming more important so probably we should react to that and when we're coaching the, the young goalkeepers especially spend more time working on that topic rather than just defending the goal all the time in terms of data provision itself how easy is it for you to get hold of goalkeeping data at the moment where i work we don't have a big team of analysts so at big clubs now is a big trend to have a data analyst who collects all the data so for for the moment i do most of the data myself and i use few external companies like we use instat and vice scout it's a little bit tricky where you collect a lot of data from external companies because data always should be based on your philosophy in order to collect the correct data you need to know what you're looking so you always basically need to put the context behind numbers that's why a lot of basic data that i collect i'll do it myself because then i know how i use my own philosophy and what i'm coding because the problem is with the external company that there's someone else behind the computer doing it and sometimes his definition of the action is a bit different to your definition of it if that makes sense do you think that the the bigger companies are getting better at 
gathering goalkeeping data are you finding that your own individual gathering is is getting less because the other companies are doing more for you no definitely yes and even like if you look at the progression of xgs and expected saves and distribution how they divide distribution into different parts of the game and packings so you can definitely find much more information and, and it's easier for, for me then but but still i think having someone who you maybe work close or if you do it yourself then it is a bit easier because then i can define myself the action that i want and interpret it my own way yeah and you've already mentioned that you worked with john harrison right on 1v1 goalkeeping uh, i did not work with him but i follow him on twitter a lot on his 1v1 stuff because he does a lot of really really good and interesting stuff at the moment on twitter and it's one of my favorites the way he calculates now expected goals or even expected saves so it's definitely very interesting mm. and in those sorts of situations then you're analyzing different scenario situations that can happen in any one moment and you're breaking it down in that sort of way so talk us through that process yeah so from database is how i code the game i would uh, i would have my own a spreadsheet that i i mark so i would divide for example big thing i focus on i find it hard to find in a moment in external companies is, is distribution map so and not only I see, for example, not only I code the passing success or how many passes you made with left or right foot, or, but my main focus would be where is distribution going? So how many passes goalkeeper made to play around? How many through balls he made? How many passes onto, into and beyond? So And also big thing for the way we play in Heidegger is transition. So I would collect the statistical information, how many transitions it starts in the game and how many of them are successful and unsuccessful. So that's in regards of in-possession stuff, then out-possession. I would start from really basic stuff on my own, which I just collect amount of shots he faced. Again, important for me is where the shots are coming from. So the things I would focus is shots outside the box, and then I would divide shots inside the box into central, angled and close range so close range shot is everything around six yards box so it's a reaction save then angle shots inside the box and central shots so we probably all know that a lot of data now back up that about 80 percent shots are scored from that, that triangle area so i would focus how many goals are scored in there so then the other thing i look at and this is something that probably i can still one of the areas where i, I think we can improve is like i see goalkeepers interception actions so how many balls in behind defense goalkeeper intercept again i divide them probably areas which is inside the box outside the box and i would see how many crosses goalkeeper intercept but this one i would focus more where the crosses are coming from which is again something that i can't find in an external company so for me it's interesting the crosses the goalkeeper's face and where it's taking them so i would focus is it the crosses inside the box is it around the box or is it wide because I think that makes a big difference. So for example, if you look at the simple start on Instat, where you go and say goalkeeper's interceptions, and it shows you that he had two interceptions and faced 12 crosses. So it really paints you a very small picture. And what I would then look in my personal analysis is, okay, so I see goalkeeper taking two crosses. Both of them were for wide areas. And he faced 10 crosses from in around the box and he's not intercepted any. So... Yes, sometimes it could be because the crosses are very good. But if you have the same pattern occurring over the certain uh, sequence of the games, then you can see, okay, maybe this area we can develop and something to look at and improve. But the one thing I would also take in regards to shot stopping, so I mentioned that I uh, see where the shot's coming from, uh, and that's from basic, but also to evaluate goalkeeper's performance. 
I would collect from inside, basically. I would have three metrics that I look at. Is I would look at uh, saves percentage versus super saves and then versus expected goal per save ratio. So those are the three things for me that are important when evaluating, for example, goalkeeper's performance. In general, if you look at all goalkeepers, everything above 70% saves percentage is, is, is good. I think then if you look at uh, super saves, I think you expect any goalkeeper who makes more than one super save per game, so it could be like 1.5 or 1.01, I think is a good measure. And then also I would look at the expected goal per save ratio, which is kind of indicator that shows you how difficult the shot was that the goalkeeper saved. And that usually is about 0.10. Anyone, any goalkeeper who performs above 0.10 is doing well. So this is be something that I would look at a long-term kind of measure in shot-stopping that is important for me. And I get it from external companies. Could you just clarify what super saves are? So the super saves is the goalkeeper that makes a save that is difficult, like, for example, from close range or shot to the bottom or top corner. But again, and this is where... It, a little bit when we spoke before where a super save for me might look a little bit different for a super save for a person who sits behind the screen for the instat. So that's where sometimes I, I do a lot of other statistics for myself. Let's move on to talk about pre-match preparation because not only will you be focusing on quote-unquote what a goalkeeper is doing, but you'll also be looking at what the opposition are doing in particular to to cause problems for goalkeepers. So what sort of areas of opposition play do you focus on in particular to allow your goalkeeper the best preparation for a game? So things I would look is basically, is there any kind of key trends in the attacks? So I would just focus on the attack component. And so so just three things. So key trends on the attack, then I would look at individual players' performance. So that would be the attacking players that is going to face. Then I would look at penalties situations so if we talk about key trends the things i would look in regards to stats the first thing i do before i analyze the game i would try to find as many as possible statistics where the crosses are coming from where the shots are coming from is there a lot of shots like for example from outside the box comparing to other teams is there most of the shots from inside the box where the cross is coming for as i mentioned are the crosses coming from close range from far range or the team who cross big number of crosses or the team who cross less so those will be the, the key things that are looking at regards of attacking trends. Then it helps me to go and find the videos because if I'll just go and I need to, for example, we have a game every week, sometimes two games, two times a week, and to analyze the position, I probably need to watch five, six games. So without statistics, then you, if you don't know what you're looking for, you can see there's a lot of amount of time you need to prepare for every game. But if I look at the stats, I can see straight away, okay, this team only had two shots on target from outside the box in the last four games. Okay, so that's not maybe not our worry. So we just look at shots from inside the box and prepare on that. The same with crosses. Okay, the team crosses, for example, 15 crosses per game, which is just average, which is maybe not a big threat. If I see the team crosses more than 20, I go, okay, the crosses might be a big threat. So then I can go and select videos from crosses and see where the crosses coming from and show that to the goalkeepers. In regards of individual player analysis, again, I would select the strikers 
and we would look at statistics like the percentage of shots made with which foot is left or right. We would look percentage of header scores, and then again the areas they shoot him from. Is he shooting from inside the box, outside the box? Is a free, free kick taker. So this is kind of uh, the statistics. But the main one will be for us is that the goalkeeper is very interested. Is is obviously how many percents of shots they're taking with left or right foot, and where they mainly shooting from. So because that helps them to kind of prepare the mindset. How much of this analysis are you doing with non-goalkeeping experts? Are you doing anything with your general analysts when you're looking at opposition play? So as I mentioned, we have one good analyst and it's kind of helping with that as well. But And then we use a couple external companies to get the stats. But uh, most of the stuff, I would do it on my own. Yeah, I would, after every game, collect the stats and... And then before preparing for next game, I would discuss together with my uh, analysts at the club, but most of the stuff I would yeah, collect myself. In terms of the bigger picture stuff then, how far would you say that goalkeeping coaching is developing and evolving because of input from data analysis? And I'm particularly interested in the areas that you think are causing the field to adapt. There's obviously things that you're focusing on at the moment that weren't being focused on five, ten years ago. So how do you see the, the sort of big picture development of goalkeeper coaching because of data? I think at the moment, there's a couple key trends, and as I mentioned, maybe a little bit before already, for example, the way we coach short-stopping, it changes a lot because now we start to realize that shots are decreasing from outside the box. So I think if you look from stats from 2011 all the way to 2018, if you take Premier League, for example, in 2011, you should have an average of about 5,000 shots from out of the box in 2011. And if you look at 2018, it was like 3,600. So that's a massive decrease of shots from outside the box. And then we know 80% of goals are scored from what people call goal zone or, or a magic triangle, which is just around the penalty spot and the goal frame. And from those 80% of goals, 60% are scored with one touch. So the way we coach goalkeeping, uh, it changes a lot. Even not the way we coach, the way we recruit. So now we look at the goalkeepers who are much faster, much more agile because they have to deal with the shots from much closer distance. So the way we recruit and we coach will change. The goalkeeper's position adapt a lot because we'll have to think about reaction time. So well, before, maybe 10 years ago, 8 years ago, you have goalkeepers all playing really high line on 6 meters. And, and because they use the frame to stop the shots, they're coming from outside the box direct at them. Now you see more and more goalkeepers playing very deep, almost on the goal line, like the Gea or uh, Loris will be a good example of goalkeepers if, if you look now how deep they are. But And they were the ones who maybe started five, six years ago. And now most of goalkeepers will be the same. So this is like technically changed as well because more and more shots coming from close range. I think the foot saves are becoming quite trend now because people realize that you're not fast enough to go down to deal with the fast shots. So you, they use the foot save. The other big trend for me would be, as I mentioned a little bit already, is those one-on-one situations because the game is now all about transitions and, and pressing. So, so for example, a lot of teams press high line now, so that impacts goalkeeper a lot. So where he positions himself, that means that a lot of times the ball will be played behind defense. So the goalkeeper's positioning higher on the field is much more important. Also, with fast transitions, fast ball passes playing forward all the time, you can see that more and more one-on-one situations are created. And I mentioned already that uh, in Premier League in 2019-20, there was 30% of all goals scored is from one-on-one situations. 
So again, how do we prepare goalkeepers for that? We probably need to technically and tactically work with them on certain techniques or, or positions that they pick on. In regards of in-possession actions, I think one of the big things now is, is goalkeeper's distribution over the longer distance. We use a good example maybe when uh, Bravo came into Man City and he's a very good goalkeeper to play round, through or anything in the, in the middle part of the, of the pitch. But he really lacked long distance distribution and with the teams pressing you hard and with transitions are very popular when Ederson came in and he added an extra 65-70 yards kick so every time you press it goes behind you then you drop and you play again so and you see now more and more goalkeepers if I use Premier League as an example that are able to play long passes with not just kick the ball up the field but with accurate long passes like Robert Sanchez is one of them uh, Jordan Pickford says it's just a game few so those are, I think, the key things for me that at the moment are quite trendy in regards of goalkeeping and how we change our coaching. And I always end these interviews with a question about the future. So how do you see the future of goalkeeping analysis? Where do you expect the next moves to come? Oh, So the future for me, one of the things is still that expected saves are still uh, something that is new. But I think the more we go, we'll improve a lot. They have still a few problems of how we define what is expected save what is not for example i used to use a lot the expected save measure before to compare my goalkeeper's uh, performance so i would just compare for example average shot save per game versus expected save per game and then the difference is obviously defines whatever your goalkeeper is performing well or not but up until recent i discovered for example that if the player scores on goal into xg it goes as a zero so like because it is low expectations to score the goal when defender scores. But in the difficulty of the shot, probably is opposite. Then if you go to this way, then it affects massively the averages of the goalkeeper's performance when you say the stats. So those kind of things, when they pop up, you think, okay, so all right, if people say expected say from outside the box is, is low, expected goal, but they don't take into consideration that maybe defender is blocking goalkeeper's view and, and so on and so on. So those are the things... That I think we can still develop with expected safe. I think one thing for me that I'm very interested is, uh, and I'll be interested how that's going to develop, which I think it will, is more goalkeepers' actions when intercepting the ball. So at the moment, it's, it's very little, as I mentioned. Like before, like in possession, we analyze a lot what foot, what part of the area, distribution maps you can find everywhere, shot stopping getting better with the expected safe, expected goal conversions, and so on. But interception is still something that is still not looked at. And I think it's a massive part of our game. So if we be proactive, intercept the crosses, intercept ball behind defense, we can basically eliminate the chances to happen. So the good goalkeeper, the proactive goalkeeper nowadays makes lots of interception, but there's still very little information. So we just have a couple of basic stuff or it takes two crosses per game or one cross. But I'll be more interested to see where the crosses are coming from, how many people were in the box at the time when the cross was taken, where is the area that the goalkeeper is taking the cross, is he taking it always inside the six-yards box, is he taking it outside six-yards box. The same with maybe interceptions when we're dealing with ball behind defense, how many touches goalkeeper is taking outside the box, because I think that could be a good measure to see how proactive your goalkeeper are. And of course, there's always in consideration the team tactics, so if 
if your team is always playing low block, I understand that goalkeeper probably take less touches outside the box, but I'll be very interested to, to see that start. And yeah, so interceptions is one of the areas I think you can see development and, and to see where the goalkeeper is going, especially with the modern game. And the last thing for me would be probably it'd be interesting to see when we can start doing the stats, not just actions with the ball, but actions without the ball. So I know there's uh, been talk about in FIFA, especially about doing for the outfield players or calculating not just passes or shots or crosses, but the overlaps, the runs, the how they create the space and, and so on. So again, for goalkeepers, it'll be something that we can look at is effective support. Where is the supporting positions are when we play now from the back and how effective are those? So yeah, this is something that I would be interested to see more as well in the future. Well, Justinus, thank you so much for coming on today. No problem. So that was Justinus Gassiunas, first team goalkeeping coach at Hajduk Split. You can follow him on Twitter at J. We'll be back next month with another interesting guest, but until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it, and check out all the content that is going out from Analytics FC on our Twitter account, at Analytics FC. Goodbye.